Today on This Week Health. He said, we have a uh, clinician shortage and that will probably follow us for the rest of our careers. And it's the first time I'd, he I'd heard somebody sort of articulate that, that this is probably the new norm. Welcome to This Week Health Community. This is Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels designed to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. All right, we're here with D uh, Dr. Joseph Evans with uh, CMIO with Centera Health. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's, doing? it's good to uh, finally catch up with you. We caught up with each other. Actually, we met for the first time down in Naples. Yeah. You were down on a family vacation. That's right. Kind of interesting. Ran into you and recognized your voice. I know. <laughs> Which is interesting having somebody come up behind you and go, I know that voice. Um, but so, yeah, so you listen to the podcast. So what's top of mind for you? Sentara. Tell us a little about Sentara. And sure. then what's top of mind? Yeah, so Sentara is a 12-hospital system, integrated delivery network, and mostly focused in southeastern uh, Virginia, northeastern North Carolina, with a couple markets in the center of the state. We have a health plan, about a million lives. We have a clinically integrated network that is a mix of employed and independent uh, folks. So yeah, that, that in a, a quick one is Sentara. I think from a standpoint of what's top of mind, I think at the conference this morning we talked about, Tom Lee talked to us about engagement, resilience, and I think some of the CEOs that spoke talked about the importance of culture. And I think one of the things to get that is to really help our system perform better because I think all the resilience we can build into people, if you keep putting them in the same system, it's doomed to fail. So I think some of our big initiatives this year have been around clinician experience, around a couple of small trials of help using AI machine learning to help with documentation ambulatory inpatient. On the ambulatory side, we're looking at a big in-basket project to try to get rid of a lot of notes that and messages that come to our clinicians don't really need to come. So trying to, to work on reducing that burden. We're also relentlessly working on our decision support, especially the interruptive decision support. So there's not a lot of, of pop-ups that keep hitting us. It's interesting. So Gene Woods was up there, the mm -hmm. CEO panel was up there and Gene said something, and it hadn't really crossed my mind until he said it. He said, we have a uh, clinician shortage, and that will probably follow us for the rest of our careers. And it's the first time I'd, he I'd heard somebody sort of articulate that, that this is probably the new norm. Not the, not the stress that they're under and those mm -hmm. kind of things. We've got to address the culture. We've got to address some of the divisiveness that exists in our just our general culture of people coming in and saying yeah. things and, and being, let's just say, not civil. But that shortage being sort of a permanent new state really puts a lot of pressure to say, all right, how can we make these people more effective? How can we reduce the pajama time? Mm -hmm. We can't expect these people to, to work all night. And there were some other stats that, that they were thrown out in terms of resilience, mm -hmm. physician resilience. And, and part of that is having engagement, but part of that was also recovery of right. being able to, to step away. So is that where a majority of the time is being spent from a technology perspective is how do we reduce the burden yeah. of, of overall practice? Yeah, I mean, I think in-basket is a piece for ambulatory and certainly for ambulatory documentation. And I think some of the, the folks that I work with, it's by choice. Some people 
if you have young kids at home, you might want to go straight home and get your kids off the bus and then you do it. But I've talked to others and I think kind of the, the pajama time or maybe a better measure is kind of notes completed on the same day and that's why we're trying to leverage some of these AI machine learning solutions to help take away some of that documentation burden. And I think another part of it is, again, all these messages and what we can centralize. Because if we're going to have to do potentially more with less people, you know, what we can work as a team with kind of refill protocols and that sort of thing so that our physicians and APPs never even have to get those messages. So talk to me about AI and notes. Now you've mentioned that a couple of times. Treat me as if I, I don't understand what you're talking about because I'm not entirely sure I do understand what you're talking uh, about. So what, is, what does that look like to apply AI to the notes to complete the note or uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, so in the ambulatory space, we're going to partner with a trial with Nuance and their DAC solution or Dragon Ambient Experience, which allows the clinician to basically put their smartphone on the table, have a dialogue with their patient. All that information will go up to the cloud where today a, another clinician will read it and proof it, and then it'll come back down to the author who will then make some final edits, and based on those edits, it'll get smarter the next time it composes the note. So you took away all the keyboard time. That's right. I'm now face-to-face, -face, eye contact, yeah. the whole time. That's going to be very interesting. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Nuance DAC since they were a sponsor yeah, of, okay. the, uh, of, of the show. At the HIMSS conference, I went in, they have that booth where they, they show that off, and it really is kind of fascinating because if you go back a couple years, they would say, hey, you can use it for this specialty and this specialty. And it seems like that number of areas that you can use a solution like DAX has, yeah. has grown pretty dramatically over the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I know we have it planned in all of our markets with an orthopedic surgeon, a cardiologist, so really a, a full breadth, I think, the lion's share of our primary care, you know, internal medicine, family medicine. But. How do you grow adoption? So it's, it's, I mean, you're talking about a, a program mm -hmm. that has a lot of potential. I assume you have to get buy-in on, on a lot of different levels. What does that look like at Centera? Uh, well, honestly, we've been a DMO customer of Nuances for a long time, and I think there are still some people that are just, they would rather type. You know, I mean, I think all of us can talk faster than we can type, but, you know, some people, you, you can really just show the benefit, have some early wins and say, look, for this physician who had a lot of fines for not completing notes in a timely manner, look what we were able to do with that. And just think, even if you weren't a person that wasn't able to complete your notes, it, it'll buy you more time back with your family and out of the office. Yeah, which gets back to the uh, to the burnout. Is there any other areas that you're applying technology specifically? We're certainly, we're on a continuous journey around clinical performance improvement, clinical variation, and we're looking at, you know, some different solutions around episodes of care, whether it be spine surgery, some heart tavers, and, and those types of procedures to kind of collect data points along the way. Yeah, it's interesting because you, there's so many, there are so many point solutions. Are we having is, is that still a challenge that we have so many of those point solutions and integrating them all into a cohesive Fully. unit? Between our, our health plan and the various service lines, we have a pretty good collection now. So we're really trying to, to kind of consolidate that, look at who really stands out, maybe try to come down with a, a handful of enterprise solutions. Any predictive models you guys are looking at or implementing? Yeah, we, our sepsis model is still a homegrown model from many, many years ago. We have Epic sepsis model running in the background that we're kind of 
collecting comparative data. We are going to use an operational model in our EDs to help with medication reconciliation. So it's a model that predicts an ED patient likely to be admitted. We use pharmacy techs in our EDs to help get a medication history, but they can obviously see everybody in the ED. So this way we can kind of triage that precious resource. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for your time. It's thank you. great to meet somebody who actually listens to the show. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. I love this show. I love hearing from people on the front lines. I love hearing from these leaders. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. We also want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. If you want to support the show, let someone know about our shows. They all start with This Week Health, and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Keynote, Town Hall, Newsroom, and Academy. Check them out today, and thanks for listening. That's all for now. <laughs>